This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to Real Presence Live on the Upper Midwest Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're coming to you live from the St. Wenceslaus Rectory in Dickinson, North Dakota. And my next guest to preserve social distancing is coming from his rectory in Dickinson at Queen of Peace. My next guest, Monsignor Thomas Richter. Monsignor, good morning. Good morning to you, Monsignor. Good to be with you and your listeners. Thank you for being on Real Presence Radio once again. Before we we took the break, I I asked what we can do uh, for our faith when we're when we're unable right now to do so much, we're, we're unable to go to Mass, go to our fish fries, receive the Eucharist, and we're going to visit with you, Father Jordan Dosh and I would just like to visit with you for our listeners as to what, what can we do? What can we do during these times uh, when, we're, when, when we're unable to do so much, Monsignor? Yeah, well, there's, uh, it's important to know that there's still much we can do. So that's a, that's the important thing that we're able to focus on what we can do. I think right at this time where we're not able to sacramentally receive the Eucharist, we're not able to go to Mass, we're not able to receive uh, the Sacred Host, um, that uh, Christ, we can have Christ's full presence in the Eucharist um, as we so, so many of us want to. I think that today is a time, these situation, this situation is a time for us to really be able to focus on the presence of Christ given to us at baptism, on the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity in the soul at baptism, and so to really cultivate this lived relationship with Jesus who dwells in my soul. So as we say, gosh, we can't have Jesus in the Eucharist sacramentally, that we see this now as, but I still have him with me. I still have the Blessed Trinity dwelling with me in my soul. And so I go to be with him there. So I think it's good for us pastors, Monsignor and Father Dosh, to try to help uh, people grow in their now baptismal life. Namely, in a real way, the soul is a tabernacle. Indeed. That's not the that's not to say that's not to say that the presence of Christ in me is the full presence like he is in the Eucharist, but the fact is it's still a real presence. Christ is really present in my soul. And in a certain way, my soul is a tabernacle. I can't I can't have the you Jesus in the tabernacle in the church, but I can be with him in my uh in my soul. That's and so correct. I think that's what that's what I'm trying to cultivate in people. That's a beautiful way that you put it. And to be quite honest, this might be pretty new for some people, you know, uh, in in a way in which it it shouldn't be. But it's we're in a unique situation. Uh, You know, we recently read an article in which uh, there were these four times throughout the history in which uh, people were unable to receive the Eucharist. And as far as we're concerned, this is the first time in the history of the United States in which we've been in this present situation. So I've, I've had a couple friends, uh, you know, who are in the military. Uh, they went to daily mass before they joined, and then they got deployed, and they went three months without ever seeing a priest. And they talked mm-hmm. about this, exactly what you were talking about, you know, a, a situation in which probably 
most Catholics in the United States uh, never really had to experience because they, they have had access to the Mass. So mm-hmm. uh, I believe what you're hinting at is this, this idea of a, a spiritual communion, right? This, this idea of being able to welcome Jesus into our hearts, uh, a situation which yeah. we should be able to do all the time, but now because of our current situation, uh, we're called to do in a more serious way. Is that correct? Very good. Very good, George. Father, in fact, I would uh, what what I want to send to uh, share with my your listeners this morning are three things. In this time, where there are no public masses, I would encourage uh, my people and everybody else to really focus on the presence of Christ in one's soul in baptism. To focus on, as John Paul II was so fond of saying, the family is the domestic church. In this time where you're away from your parish, to really focus on, but the family is the domestic church. Uh, the Jillick family in Dickinson, their home is supposed to be a presence of Christ in the community, the domestic church. And then thirdly, Thirdly, this receiving the Eucharist. Um, the Council of Trent teaches that we can receive the Eucharist in three ways. Uh, we can receive the Eucharist sacramentally only, namely I, I go to Mass, I absent-mindedly, in an unprepared way, go up and receive the, uh, the Eucharist. That's Trent's version, Council of Trent's version of receiving the Eucharist sacramentally only. And then uh, they also say, but you can receive this, uh, the Eucharist spiritually only. And this is, this is really, um, I think, encouraging for people in this situation today. How do you receive the Eucharist spiritually? Through, um, Trent says, eating it through one's desire for it when one can't have it sacramentally. I shouldn't say it, have him sacramentally. So we have people in a situation now where spiritual communion is precisely uh, what uh, we would hope the faithful are doing, that you have all kinds of faithful now who want to receive the Eucharist sacramentally, but circumstances prohibit that. And so there's a, a big, long, beautiful tradition uh, in the Church with St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, down through the lines, the Council of Trent, St. John Paul II, of this whole reality that we can receive the Eucharist spiritually in times like this when we can't, because of circumstances, we're not able to receive Jesus sacramentally in the Eucharist. And the four conditions they give for that, uh, doctrinally, is one uh, needs to be baptized, one needs to be in a state of grace, one needs to be at the age of reason where I can make a free act of the will, and then fourth, one wants to receive Jesus uh, bodily in the Eucharist, but can't. So this isn't just, I want uh, Jesus, I want you to uh, fill me with your peace, I want you to fill me with strength, I want you to give me um, uh, clarity of what I should do here. Those are all good things, to desire the grace of Jesus that way and the act of Jesus that way. But a spiritual communion is Jesus 
I am not able to receive you sacramentally, but I want to receive your fullness. I want to receive your body, but I can't. Please let me at least receive you spiritually in my heart. That is what is called an act of spiritual communion, and the tradition of our Church says grace, many graces are received by doing that when you can't receive him sacramentally. Was that clear? Yes, yeah, that was clear. So the first one was sacramentally, the second one was spiritually, and the third, which would be the most desired one, would be a combination of the both. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Now, so, of course, in these days, um, one doesn't have the option of sacramentally only or sacramentally and spiritually, but spiritually only. Yeah, so so our, our great desire is it seems like, you know, we can grow in appreciation of, of the Eucharist uh, spiritually during this very unique time so that when we do come out of it, we're able to receive it in that third way, as you explained, right? Because I, I mm-hmm. think... You know, maybe myself even included at times, you know, we, we just kind of go through the motions and it, it, it seems like it is more sacramental than, than spiritual. And, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the church always teaches, you know, with the problem of evil that, you know, we're unable through our human intellect to be able to understand the grand design of everything that God has planned. And that if we do perceive that something is bad, that God will be able in his, you know, infinite mercy and power and everything to be able to bring some good out of it, right? There'll be some good out of this bad. And mm-hmm. as, as of right now, you know, it seems like we're in this difficult time wondering, you know, what good could come of this, you know, like the mass is the most important thing, you know, why, like, it, it seems very weird that we would, you know, dispense of it during a time of tragedy. Usually during time of tragedy, uh, we come together and now during mm-hmm. time of tragedy where we're separating and, and it seems like the good that could come of this, situation is hopefully a greater desire spiritually for the Eucharist. Yeah. I thought of that this morning. Uh, you know, if it's taken away from you, you're like, wow, I, I, I really miss it. You know, when, when we always have it, it's sort of like, ah, you yeah. know, I got to go to mass, you know, I'll just do it. But, but now that it's gone, we, we think of it and we, we think of what we're thinking. Well, we're thinking of so much entirely di- differently now and in, including the mass. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at, mm-hmm. I mean, this time of trial, you know, hopefully it makes our, our heart grow fonder. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens once we're able to have public masses again and to hear of people's experiences during this time, you know, to hear what they went through, to hear how they, you know, tried to prepare themselves. Uh, you know, this last Sunday was the first Sunday in which we didn't have any masses. And uh, I, I received a lot of pictures from our parishioners of, you know, the little setup that they had at their family of how their family dressed up, you know, like probably in some situations even nicer than they would have normally at Mass. But they were trying to, you know, set set the scene of uh, going to Mass and watch it <coughs> on their computer together. And uh, I don't know, it's uh, trying to make the best of a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the other very encouraging, powerful teaching in regards to spiritual communion uh, fathers, is in the Church's teaching of, of spiritual communion is this incredible encouragement of how desire receives God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. desire receives God, and, and therefore I receive God, the, the more my desire to receive Him is expanded, 
the more I actually receive what is being offered. Mm. So when I can one day again receive Jesus sacramentally, I will actually be receiving more because my desire has increased. Yeah. That the whole amazing, encouraging teaching around spiritual communion is this church, the church's insight in the mystery of graced desire, receiving mm-hmm. God, yeah. which we see so beautifully, of course, in the Blessed Mother on this Feast of the Annunciation. Yeah, and I, I think what's what what's important for us to to kind of state is especially during this time, you know, the church wouldn't do anything that would put you in danger of, you know, damnation or anything like that, right? So they understand that taking away the Eucharist is something that's very difficult for us, but they wouldn't put us in in, in an even more difficult situation. So the idea that we can't receive the Eucharist as of right now, you know, hopefully it is growing this desire in us that you're talking about. And actually, like, the understanding of, you know, I need to receive the Eucharist so that I'm holy. You know, I need to do this so that I'm holy. With with this kind of, like, sacramental understanding kind of misses the point of what the Eucharist is actually for us, you know? It can it can even dabble into, you know, the, the heresy of Pelagianism of saying, you know, mm-hmm. I need to do something for my faith, you know, when in reality... That that's not that's not the case. It seems like you know the the spiritual communion is almost more important important, and the ultimate is you know if we can do it spiritually and sacramentally. And when it, when it comes down to it, is you know we have this understanding of how reverent and how holy the Eucharist is, and how we just need to hold it up. But when it comes down to it, is God can still come to us without us receiving the Eucharist, and that's this idea of the the spiritual communion. And when it when it when when we talk about the sacraments we ourselves down here on earth are bound by the sacraments. You know, the only way for me to get my sins forgiven is to go to confession. Humans are bound by the sacraments, but God is not bound by the sacraments. So if there's a way that God wants to come to us, uh, you know, spiritually, which can be sacramentally, uh, without us physically receiving uh, the sacraments, he can do that. He can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the period that we're at, and that's why we're highlighting this uh, spiritual reception of the commu- of communion so much. Yeah, Father, I would like I'd like to take it one step further. Um, when you say when you say the church taking away the Eucharist, I, I would I want my people to see that this is God's will. Yeah, God has taken away the Eucharist through His permissive will, but it's yeah. still God's will, and so. Just as, and I've been trying my best to get people to to um, correlate this with Good Friday. Mm. That Good Friday was God's permissive will. Something very terrible. Yeah. Something very awful. And something I, I, that looked like nothing but a terrible disaster. Something that looks like a big mistake that should have never happened. But in that terrible, awful, evil disaster, God was saving the world. Hmm. And, and God was isn't saving the world in that. Yeah. And, and so, what is our Good Friday today? The coronavirus. The coronavirus is the cross in which every human being shares today. But this isn't just some big disaster, some big problem, some big mistake. If we see it through faith, through our the very mystery 
of the death and resurrection of Jesus, God is permitting this for our salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's true. You know, last week was an incredibly difficult week <laughs> for, for all of us, you know. Uh, so sitting here with Monsignor Schumacher, you know, I, I was there when, when Caesar passed. You know, schools were closed. We had the last public mass. You know, it just seemed like every single day. We you went know, out we to taking, our last public restaurant. Yeah, that we went night. out. To, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you know, every single day we're taking more and more hits. And uh, at at the end of the week, Monsignor just said, you know, this this week was horrible, uh, but yeah. it was God's plan, and we made it through it. And that's that's mm-hmm. just kind of what I've thought about a lot. Is you know, we 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 made it through it, and you know, we'll take it week by week, and just you know, long for a desire to to be able to have mass again. Monsignor Richter, thank you publicly. publicly. Thank you for being on the show, Monsignor Richter. Uh, This has been a a great interview these last 16 minutes. If you want to listen to this again, you can on our podcast. These shows are online in perpetuity. And uh, the the concept of the truth of grace to desire God, to receive spiritual communion. Uh, Monsignor Richter, thank you for the great insights for our good people listening throughout the upper Midwest. Have a good day, gentlemen. You bet. We'll see you this Thank afternoon you. at our school board meeting. Yeah. All right. Happy feast day. Thank you very God much. Bless. Thank you. Well, that that was a great uh, interview, and that that was all good stuff for us to to contemplate and to take to heart uh, as we come up on our our next break. Uh, we're going to be uh, on the other side of it, praying the rosary. Uh, I, just a couple words before we we take a break. Remember to look at your confession schedule for your parish. We can still go to confession to prepare for uh, the uh, Triduum and for Easter. And uh, we can uh, do all kinds of things yet. Spiritual communion was a very powerful reminder. Call a neighbor and check in. Or write a letter to a friend. Uh, Father Dosh talked about taking a walk. Uh, Take a walk and enjoy God's creation. Support the church and our local businesses as we're able during this time. And I know that some of my parishioners are also putting uh, hearts in their windows or coloring a picture and put it in their window and there are so many things we can do when we're unable to do so much we're going to take a break we'll be right back this is real presence live coming to you live from the saint wenceslas rectory in dickinson north dakota i'm monsignor schumacher here with father dosh seminarian isaiah jillick and mike kidrowski will keep us on the air after the break we'll be back in just one moment live engaging and local this is real presence live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. You can join Father Tom Loomis and St. James Coffee on a life-changing travel experience on a tour to Poland where you will encounter Christ and His Church and learn from history, the life of Pope John Paul, the faith of the Polish people, and more August 22nd through the 31st, 2020. Participation in this tour provides financial support for St. James Coffee. You can stop by the coffee shop in Rochester to pick up a brochure or Ed Ventures can be reached at 800-658-7128. Through these times of trial, we invite you to join us in steadfast prayer for all those affected by the coronavirus and for increased hope and trust in the Lord. 
Monday through Friday from 10.30 to 11 Central during Real Presence Live, our hosts lead a live rosary for these intentions. We also celebrate daily Mass at 9 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And on Sundays, we bring you Mass at 7 and now 10.30 a.m. Central. Please join us as often as you can. We're your family of faith and hope. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. I chose Mount Marty over at State School because of the small classroom sizes and because of the small faculty to student ratio. I want to be able to develop a relationship with my professors and not just be a number on the wall. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. You can really develop relationships with your professors and Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. Looking for the latest news coming out of our local diocese on the novel coronavirus precautions? Listen for RPR NewsLink updates Monday through Friday at the top of each hour during Real Presence Live and again throughout the afternoon, five minutes before 12, 1, 5, and 6 p.m. Central. We want to keep you informed so you can make the best decisions for you and your loved ones in this time of trial. It's the RPR NewsLink, weekdays at the top of each hour during Real Presence Live and five minutes before 12, 1, 5, and 6 p.m. Central, right here on Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.